106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Come for the vaccine, stay for a little something extra. A Vienna brothel is providing COVID-19 vaccinations and giving those who take up the offer a 30-minute session with a, quote, lady of their choice if they get the vaccine at the on-site clinic. I would have gotten vaccinated anyway, but the 2G rule has certainly accelerated things a little. I think this is perfectly okay because we can achieve a better immunization rate this way and that's necessary to end the pandemic at some point. I would have gotten vaccinated anyway. Hi, this is a little message to the unvaccinated. Ugh. You are killing everyone. It's your fault. You're being selfish. So get the vaccine because I'm vaccinated. I am vaccinated. Okay. And so I'm protected because the vaccine is safe and effective. So if you're around me and you're unvaccinated, then you're putting me at, at, well, you're not, you're, no, okay. So you're selfish because if I'm protected and you're around me, then I'm, then I'm fine. But you're, but you're me. Sorry. If you're not vaccinated, then you're not, it's your, um, you're racist is what I'm saying. Uh, don't get the vaccine. You can't go to the supermarket. Don't have the vaccine. You don't show it. Can't go to the ball game. Don't have the vaccine. Can't go to work. Don't you don't have the vaccine. vaccine. Can't go to the movies. Don't have a vaccine. You can't do your laundry. Don't have the vaccine. You can't eat food. Don't have the vaccine. Can't pet a cat. Don't have the vaccine. Can't smell a flower. Don't have the vaccine. You can't look at a rainbow. Don't have the vaccine. You can't DM your ex. Don't have the vaccine. You can't make a TikTok. Don't have the vaccine. You can't sit alone in a field with a mask on. Don't have the vaccine. You can't take a shower. Don't have the vaccine. You can't trim your toenails. Don't have the vaccine. You can't take a poop. Don't have the vaccine. You can't play ping pong. Don't have a vaccine. You can't have cheesecake. Don't have a vaccine. You can't have babies. Don't have a vaccine. You can't breathe air. Don't have a vaccine. You can't be alive anymore. Don't have a vaccine. You're not allowed to be buried in a grave. Hi, Dr. Scott Jensen. I'm running to be the next governor of Minnesota. They lied to us. That's what I'm hearing every day from voters and patients. They lied to us. We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. They told us there would be no mandate. Definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Remember this one? Our interest is very simple from the federal government, which is Americans' privacy and rights should be protected. Well, how about this one? Needless to say, the right of women to make decisions about their own bodies is not negotiable. They told us that they would never do this. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. This is one of my favorites. You don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. And this one was so crystal clear. The federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? Well, I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. And then there's this one, the creme de la creme. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. Folks, I don't care if you're on the left or the right or the middle, but we should all be concerned that we have been lied to. We have been told over and over again, there'll be no mandate. 
We wouldn't do this. Mandates are immoral. There's been so much flip-flopping, but I'm not flip-flopping. I'm gonna tell you this now, as I've said in the past, and I'll say in the future. A vaccine mandate is immoral. Absolutely immoral. Good evening, this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, and we're doing episode 138, and it will appear on November 20, 2021. That's a Saturday morning, and at that same time, uh, we'll be doing a live show over at KMYC 1410 AM. Uh, we cover some similar topics, but usually there's some differences. It is a a local, uh, more of a local show, although you can listen to it anywhere around the world by going to uh, live365.com. That's a, uh, a hosting website, live365.com. And you just click on radio and then you put in what your, your call sign or call letters are, are and uh, it'll pull up the live stream on KMYC. So KM, like Mickey YC. And you can listen to us if you're interested. But this show will come up and stay up on uh, Saturday the the 20th. And then it will be recorded and put over at uh, nohostagesradio.com, which uh, all the it's our website and all the episodes are there, plus articles I write. And it's also posted on the Live with Lou Facebook site. And it's also posted on a Facebook site, site called It's Yuba City and More. And also over on Rumble at One Eye Blind Media. So there's a variety of ways to get to us, depending on what your gig is and uh, how you go about things. So as I mentioned, the NoHostagesRadio.com website. So if you want to reach me by email, you can do that at Lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com or if you want to just dial me up you can and I'll give this number out later as uh, on a project that uh, Dr. Cassidy and I are working on you can reach me at 530-713-1838 we're broadcasting uh, or I'm sitting let me put it this way I'm physically sitting over on the left coast in California northern California in Yuba County but of course the uh the broadcast or the podcast or the episode can be picked up. Uh, it's magic. It's just magic. So I do it here, and Tanner Martis puts it together down in Texas, and who knows where the Internet really is. Um, okay, so if you're new to us, this is your first time here. Maybe you just came to us in the middle somewhere uh, at some point. We do six segments, about 20 minutes apiece. And then we take uh, just a slight, like a uh, adjustment break uh, after each segment, and uh, after the first five of through the first five, and then six we just wind up the show. But uh, so we have a few clips in between that I think are relevant to what we're talking about right now in America and around the world. <clears throat> so uh, listen to those, and I just kind of take a swig of tea and get ready for the next, get kind of adjusted for the next 20 minutes. But it's, uh, we don't, 
We don't uh, break away for any news broadcasts or anything like that. That's only in the live show. We have to do that. So it's kind of our gig here. We do it the way we want it. And uh, so so that's that. So, again, if you want to communicate with me, uh, 530-713-1838, you can text me or call me on that line. Uh, and, of course, when you hear the show, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not really talking at that point. It's just a recording and uh, it's mixed with all the bumper music and all the stuff. But you can reach me, and uh, I answer the phone most of the time, uh, unless I'm on the other other line. And uh, But I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. I'm not talking about a day. Usually the, within just a, a little bit, I'll be back to you if, if you get a voicemail. Okay, so... Um, we are having in Northern California, I know some of you are listening from other states and you have your unique fights in each state. Some states are freer than others. I would say California is probably one of the least free states uh, or, uh, in the union at this time. But uh, in each community, depending on your board of supervisors or your city council members or your school board, uh, you're fighting different battles and uh, or maybe you you're not yet fighting a battle that you don't know about. For instance, if you've lost track of the type of books that, or curriculum that your school is uh, utilizing. <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to talk a, a little bit uh, here about some breaking news, uh, developing news nationally that's affecting all of us possibly. And then also mention some local things that uh, so just because it's local here doesn't mean that you're not also going to be facing it. So it may give you some insight to the battles that are going on. So in California, before we had a Biden mandate that everybody's going to get injected, we've got a governor here that's been making one mandate after another. In fact, we're still under emergency rules in the state of California, and I don't know that we'll ever leave emergency rules. Basically, it has usurped the authority or taken away the authority of the legislature in our state. We have an assembly and we have a Senate that operates every year here. They're full-time employees. Uh, some, some states have an every other year system. They don't feel like they need them down there every year, but we're every year. And uh, so uh, our assembly that's where the budgets develop, and that's where uh, a lot of the money spending is authorized. But the governor of California has usurped that authority, and he's just making one mandate after another, claiming that we still have an emergency here, which we don't. So uh, uh, at least not COVID being out of hand or something. Now what we have uh, is a different type of problem, but it, just because you have a problem in the state doesn't mean the governor takes over and now makes all the decisions. But what, without getting into gory details of it, uh, what's happening is he's mandating that all uh, people be injected. Uh, you know, there's an injection mandate. There's a on school kids that they got a due date on. So schools are reacting to that. Most schools are just going along with the governor, and they're acting as if the governor's word is law. Now, the reason uh, it may not be law, it isn't law, 
But the reason they they act like it's really something is millions of dollars are connected to the, to doing exactly what he says. And uh, if you don't do what he says, then you don't get the money. So it when they tell the, the schools that all students must be masked, when they say that all students must be injected, it has nothing to do with <clears throat> health. It has everything to do with the what the uh, state. Basically, we just have a communist state and and we were, we're managed from the state. We no, ha- no longer have local control over our schools whether we uh, whether it's a curriculum or if there's a lesbian literature or gay or homosexual literature or even heterosexual uh, pornography type literature being uh, foisted upon our children um, it is being dictated by the, the the commissars at the state level and and we we have a top-down a centrally managed government in California at this time, including the Board of Supervisors and City Council. They don't they do not go against the government. So the the one school district in our local area that in fact right now teachers are already moving, leaving our state. In fact a very close friend of mine, a dear friend who's listened to the show for a long time, uh, strong, very good teacher teaches first or second grade or maybe both uh lovely guy and his wife and kids <laughs> he's got a needy child uh, that has some immune issues already and so he did not want his kids masked that are in the school system and he didn't want to teach uh he didn't want to be a part of the pornography the critical race theory uh the gender uh confusion <clears throat> and he won't take the jab so <clears throat> they have uh I don't even know whether the school district knows he's leaving, but they've already purchased a house in South Dakota. Every single week now in California, for those who have left uh, that I know that are still listening to the show, uh, every single week now I have people I know that are on the move and they're leaving the state of California. So uh, Wheatland High School, which some of you that that are living elsewhere now, you, you would remember Wheatland High School. They have a superintendent that has advocated all the way along uh, Nicole Newman uh, for uh, local control and to not make these directives from the state. And so she sent out a letter. Good afternoon uh, to the oh, the Wheatland et cetera, et cetera, family. Uh, so it says the governing board, I'm going to skip some of the stuff and get down to the meat of it, respectfully ask that the state of California legislature uphold the constitutional guaranteed right to provide informed consent before proceeding with any medical procedures. So what what she's getting at there is I didn't realize this till last night. I was listening to a lady talk that, that works in the Pfizer pharma operation. And she said that a number of years ago, the, the, the uh, federal, the Congress, federal legislature uh, eroded the, the uh, medical consent law. And I always thought that uh, you always, every time I've had to have surgery, they've always asked me over and over and over again, do I consent to this? Do I, am, sh- am I sure what I'm doing? All that kind of stuff. Do I know the, the, the risks, et cetera. So now they're saying here in, uh, uh, that to not proceed without informed consent. Now we've had situations where teachers have tried to uh, give students bonuses for getting the shot. They've, they've tried to tell students to lie and fraudulently put their parents' name down to get the shot in our local system here. 
But Wheeland's saying they they want to be independent and they want to have informed consent and give people options. Uh, they want the governing the governing board of the school district uh, is petitioning the state uh, that the vaccine will be recommended but not required. Now, some other, uh, I think Marysville High School is trying to do this as well, but the uh, new superintendent uh, is undermining that and actually changed the resolution that had been written last week. Uh, so Wheatland says this resolution will be shared in the California Department of Public Health input sessions required to add the COVID-19 vaccine for the list of required vaccines. So the state of California is saying, you know how the state, at least in California, it says you to to attend our schools, you have to have all these various vaccines, and they act as if that if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to infect all the other people with the vaccine. But that's just upside down logic. I don't know what everybody's afraid of. If half the people get vaccinated, like for smallpox or measles or whatever, whatever. Why are they afraid of the unvaccinated? Because it seems like if, if they're if they're unvaccinated and they got a bad immune system, they're the ones who will get it, not the vaccinated. So what they do is they mandate all these vaccinations. And then people have been fighting for years with the with the state of California parents saying, I don't want my kids to have all these vaccines. In fact, I think, you know, people have all kinds of belief systems like maybe it's contributing to autism. Right. In fact, I just had an article. I don't think I'll get to it, but there's a, no, a new study out with the CDC saying that uh, uh, Tylenol, taking Tylenol during your pregnancy can contribute, uh, can he- heighten the chances of autism. So uh, so now, uh, but Wheatland High is, is asking, saying we want uh, to be optional and that it not be required. And uh, so they say here that all five Yuba County superintendents, which is interesting, that we have a number of different school districts here, and the county superintendent, which surprised me because uh, they, the fellow attacked me for my stand on COVID. But they've all co-signed a letter to the governor that will be sent out today. It says, anyway, they're, they're asking for it to be optional. Now, we'll see whether if, if the state of California comes back and says, no way, Jose, uh, it's going to be mandatory uh, or they're not going to be attending your school. Then we'll see local people. They'll have to decide whether they're going to lose money because they can't come down and shut down the school. So, but they could come down they could say, well, we're not going to give you any money because of this, this pot of money, because you're not in enforcing the mandate. Now, right now there's all sorts of, um, legal maneuvering going on with regarding OSHA. OSHA is getting sued. OSHA, in fact, is is has laws on the books that they're actually removing from the books. If you'll notice, the Biden administration is not lawful. If a judge, uh, if a judge said something during the Trump administration, like, hey, we want to stay on this uh, decision you made to stop people flying in uh, from terrorist countries. The Trump administration would stop and fight that case in court. Well, the way the Biden administration is doing it is they're saying, ah, uh, we don't agree with that, so we're going to do what we want. And that's what's going on between the courts. Uh, in other words, when the Biden administration finds the courts agreed with me, they agree with them, they they clap and go forward. When they find the court disagrees with them, they ignore it. 
So recently there's been a, a sixth district court of uh, federal court has ruled that uh, they put a stay on the mandate that everybody, that all these companies, like they said, any company that has 100 employees or more mandates you get the shot, right? It's interesting if the, if the disease, if the illness was so gnarly and so contagious and so deadly, why wouldn't you do it for everybody? Why wouldn't every company, even if you had two employees, have to do it? Because aren't the people, the up one to 99 important? So, and, and if you had to do it, why do you, why are you waiting for people to comply to like January or February, which is the compliance drop dead date? Why wouldn't you say it has to happen by tomorrow if it's really that, that dangerous? All this is, is seizing control in every area of our life. Never before has the government uh, said, you can't work, you can't eat, you can't shop. You can't enjoy yourself. You can't recreate uh, unless you have a shot or you don't or if you don't wear a mask. So uh, this is kind of a sarcastic meme shows a set of blue gloves, hands in it, extracting a syringe full of uh, vaccine out of a small bo- bottle. And it says Pfizer warns a fourth booster shot may be needed for those who haven't yet died. Uh, that is a gnarly, sarcastic, dark comment, but it's true. In other words, the fact is, you may not believe this, but I'll, you're just going to have to catch up with us. They're going to keep inoculating you until you drop dead because people are dropping dead right and left. Now, originally, uh, we were thinking the more feeble are going to drop dead quick. But now there's athletes all over the world. The athletes in our in our world, no matter what country they're from, if they're playing at the highest level of their sport, are in the best shape, are the best fed. Uh, they don't have ailments. Uh, they don't have comorbidities. They are healthy, and they're they're uh, used to having their system challenged, running a lot, like in soccer etc. They're having soccer players drop dead with heart attacks on the field after taking the jab. So over and over, all over the world, people are dropping dead. Hospitals are filling up with not the unvaccinated. Like they're lying when they say, oh, it's the unvaccinated coming to the hospital. It's actually the vaccinated and they're redefining vaccination. So they're saying, well, he just had one shot. Well, he should have had the second shot that he's not fully vaccinated. Well, he had the second shot, but he hasn't it hasn't really taken effect yet. So then then if it's two or three months after you had the shots then they say, well, it couldn't have been the shot because it's been three months. So the same way they were deceptive and and fraudulent with the uh, covid uh, when they when they counted everything as you had COVID in the beginning, right? The PCR tests that were almost a hundred percent wrong. Now they're now they're uh, almost a hundred percent denying that the shot could have any del- deleterious effect. So uh, anyway, I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna wrap up the first segment, and I just want to give a shout out to uh, one of our sponsors that I'm trying to uh, help them develop their business and it's all power services they're they're one of the most diverse 
and uh, get it done fast. Organizations dealing with power tools, power sports, service repair, custom welding, fabrication. I mean, one day they got a big rig in there with a bottom dump and, and some something's broke and they're re-welding the bot, whole bottom or they're doing about 50 jigs to that go on a truck where you put a fire extinguisher in. The next day they're uh, fixing 40 chainsaws. So Will Fanning and Josh James are over there at All Power Services, and uh, you can get find them at All Power if you want to email them, allpower1469 at gmail.com. The 1469 is the address on Stewart Road just south of Yuba City off Highway 99. It's just west on Stewart. Very easy to find. Lots of parking. Easy. Uh, there you can reach them at 530 844 0347 chances are you'll get the boss when you call no secretaries you just get the guys that are working 8440347 they can fix all kinds of stuff do it well do it fast you know they're not like some of these places where you drop off your chainsaw or your weed eater or your mower and 6 months later they haven't found it yet or ha- can't get around to it these guys knock stuff out get it done get it back so uh check out all power services and uh, we're coming back in just a few minutes Enjoy these clips. You can't stop us on the road of freedom. You can't keep us because our eyes can see. Men with insight, men in granite. We are at the beginning of a new era. In fact, this is something that President Macron and I talked about extensively. And in, then, this moment, for nations who are partners and allies, we must together, work together, to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities that are presented by this moment. So that was, in many ways, uh, the theme of this, this visit. It was to also discuss, and in particular, with President Macron and our, our friends and allies in France, what we must do collectively with our other partners and allies to address and to focus on what should be the norms and the rules of the 21st century. To that end, we had a number of conversations, including, again, with other world leaders, but in particular with President Macron. I talked about uh, a, a number of issues, and I'll outline several of them. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Dr. Fauci, when do you think we're going to have indoor weddings again? You did say two weeks to flatten the curve. Okay, here we go again with the two weeks to flatten the curve. What I actually said was, we are too weak to flatten the curve. We were faced with a big challenge. It was something like a mountain we had to climb. We came out on the other side and were met 
with a plateau. That doesn't mean we're in the clear. We can very much encounter even a hill, a bump, or a lump. God forbid, even a hump. You could then fall into a crater, dump into a COVID river that can take you down and end up into a bog. And now we're bogged down. So what I'm saying is in three to five to 12 years, we can start thinking about reopening in another 12 to 15 to 75 years. At that point, I would say, if you have 11 masks on, you can go and visit your grandparents in the cemetery if they have a plastic covering around the grave. Droplets could come out of the deceased's mouth and sort of trickle up through the groundwater, get into the population's drinking water supply. Now we're reinfected with COVID. So we have to protect the deceased. Once we revaccinate everyone who's died in the last 95 years, we go back in time, kill Hitler and Stalin and Mao, then perhaps you can hang out with two to three friends in your backyard and watch the fireworks. I had COVID. I was working with these two fellows in a room for nine hours a day. They got sick. They tested positive for the coronavirus and I got sick. At one point, my oxygen levels were so low, there were some people that wanted to put me in a hospital and put me on a ventilator and I probably would have died but luckily for me and my family we follow science and we're very familiar with America's frontline doctors and their protocols so I got me on HCQ, um, Z-Pak, Zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, budesonide, ivermectin and uh, monoclonal antibody therapies. It wasn't a fun couple of weeks but uh, I was sick and I got better but Dr. Fauci you and me need to have a little come to Jesus meeting. Because of you, you told America that HCQ and Ivermectin doesn't work. Because of your propaganda, I had to buy my Ivermectin at the feed store. You see those two fellas that got me sick, they were both vaccinated. For the last year and a half, I've been working all over this country. Texas, New Mexico, Florida, Wisconsin, DC, up and down California all around healthy people without masks. I never got sick, but you put me in a room with two vaccinated people and bingo, I get COVID. Your vaccines are crap. How many Americans believed you when you said that if you take this vaccine, you'll be safe. If you take this vaccine, you won't get sick. How many Americans like me, how many more are getting sick from being around vaccinated people? How many Americans are gonna be killed from spike protein shedding from your vaccines? And I'll tell you something else, Dr. Fauci. My next birthday, I'm gonna be 60 years old. A year ago, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I think that as far as comorbidities go, cancer's one heck of a pre-existing condition. <laughs> you already knew that because you're a doctor. You're definitely not a ball player. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, that's just funny. You know, uh, I'd say that you throw like a girl, but that would be an insult to my daughter and millions of other young American women that can actually throw. 
But anyway, back to compromised immune systems and the coronavirus. The point is, if a guy my age with leukemia following America's frontline doctor's protocols can beat COVID, how much easier would it be for healthy people to get well? How many dead Americans would be alive today if they got the same treatment as me? I bet you $100 that if my buddy Herman Cain had gotten the same treatment as me, he'd be alive today. My name's Chris Burgard, and thanks to God and America's frontline doctors, I kicked the crap out of COVID. And you, Dr. Fauci, you're a liar and a killer. Welcome back, and um, I wanted to give out some uh, information here. I had a lady call me last night. I give out my number. The number I give out, you can reach me. She just called me up, and she said, Lou, I, I'm i in my 80s. I have, I'm healthy. Uh, I feel good, but I have a son that, that's sick living with me, and uh, he's got feverish, and, and she wanted to get some information on medication. So I helped her myself to solve her situation, and uh, we're going to hook up here and do a handoff and but I want to mention uh some places if you uh what I would do is uh if you want is just get yourself some either hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin and if you can't get those uh you you can get them but if you don't want to go through the bother you could get two things that will replace those wormwood is a supplement you can buy online or in a health food store, Wormwood. That will take the place of ivermectin, if, or, or you can get it from a feed store if you don't want to go through a pharmacy. And uh, hydroxychloroquine you can get through, you can buy quercetin, or as some people say, quercetin. It's Q-U-E-R, I think it's C-E-T-I-N or C-I-T-E-N. And uh, that will take the place of hydroxychloroquine. I was talking to the, the woman uh, on the phone. She said, I, tell, I said, what are you doing now? And she said, well, I'm taking C, I'm taking a multi, I'm taking zinc, and I'm doing D3. And I said, well, you almost got everything dialed in. She's, she's healthy. She sounded great on the phone. And uh, so anyway, I'm going to give you some uh, places if you need to connect with a doctor. If you can't find a doctor around here, they'll treat you. I've been telling all along, Dr. Our, our death doctor, uh, Joseph Mengele Fong Lu, has been telling people uh, and instructing doctors to tell people and hospital to tell people when they get a feverish or they, they test positive or they have symptoms is to go home and just do nothing. They don't give them any medication, nothing to, to stop the thing in its tracks. Instead, what they say is when you can't breathe, go to the hospital. Now that's, that's just bad medicine, folks. That's malpractice medicine right there. And so nobody else is doing that. That's being successful in other parts of the country. Not everybody is using those protocols like in Texas and other parts of the countries. And so some of those people didn't, in fact, there's going to be a clip today. We're going to play for you where a cowboy, uh, had, has leukemia 
and he got COVID and uh, he con- connected with America's frontline doctors and he gave, they gave him the regimen and ivermectin, et cetera, et cetera. And he'll explain it. I won't, I won't steal his thunder, but he, he had, he still has leukemia, but he got rid of COVID. And uh, so myfreedoctors.com is one place, myfreedoctors.com. Another one is AFLDS. That stands for America's Frontline Doctors, AFLDS.com. Another one is Dr. Stella, drstellamd.com. These are all websites. You can go to them. Doesn't cost you a nickel. You can go browse, check it out. Uh, the other one is very good. They uh, is the dr artist show the dr artist show but it's spelled the dr artist r-a-r-d-i-s show that's brian artist he's a doctor uh dot com the dr artist show.com uh then uh just other these are other websites that are important chemicalviolence.com and childrenshealthdefense.org the first four, three or four I gave you had to do with if you need some medical help and they'll do it online, okay? So also, uh, if you're looking for schools, I know some of you are, are, are considering bailing out of school or, or, you know, you don't know what their, your kids are being taught. You don't know whether school's going to stay in session. You don't know whether they're going to have to take the jab. They're going to be forced to take the jab. Uh, don't jab your kids, don't jab your kids. Please get more, lots more information before you even think about jabbing your kids. Uh, people are dying, folks, from these things. People are being paralyzed from the shots. So um, there's, there's private schools in the areas that still have room. I'm sure if, if enough people leave, they're not going to have room. But one is Embassy Private Educational Center, EPIC. It's got, uh, it's got some room in the high school years and maybe in the lower grades as people come and go. Some people are just... They're just up and moving out of state, even after they move their kids out. So you can check that out at uh, go to churchofgladtidings.com and then uh, just go over to uh, a listing called Ministries and there'll be a drop down and you can click on that Embassy Private Education Center or EPEC and find out how to get connected to that school. There's also schools like uh, New Life Christian School out on... uh, in Linda at Ar- Arboga and J Street, also uh, Bible Baptist School out on North Beale Road. They're all good schools, and uh, they're not going to teach any of the nonsense that you're seeing uh, in the public schools. You're just—they're going to love God. They're going to love America. Uh, even if it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not, they're—they're going to be moral. They're going to let you teach uh, about your kids' sexuality. Uh, they're not going to get into all this uh, critical race theory. They're going to teach uh, things that your your child will uh, benefit by and what you're used to. Okay, so uh, that's that. Uh, if you ever want to text me and you want to get some more information on that, you can, and I'll always be around to uh, help you during the week so you don't have to wait to uh, just listen to it on the radio. All right, let me get down here. So I did Wheatland High School. My friends from um, Missouri— who moved from Sutter County to Missouri, just sent me a letter uh, that he received from his governor. He's active. He was active when he was here. He's a patriot, and uh, he got a letter from the governor. If I'm trying to scroll down here to see it, but I can't 
I can't come on to it really quick. Maybe I have to do it after. after uh, oh, here we are. Just So it's Governor Parson. Their governor in Missouri is Governor Parson. Issues Executive Order 21-10 to fight federal COVID-19 vaccine mandates. So basically he's saying we're not going for it. And did you know that the states, the 50 states, or when the states started in the beginning, when they became 13 states, they were sovereign states that decided to unite and called themselves the United States. But but they they only gave certain powers to the federal government, and they didn't give the federal government power to issue decrees over the whole land. They reserved those to themselves. And so Governor Parsons says, as the governor of the state of Missouri, I stand with the concerned Missourians and will do all I can to stop federal COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Uh, So and the same thing is happening in Florida with Governor DeSantis, who is saying to businesses, I will not allow you to uh, force people to get injections. I will fine you. And I won't go into all those details, but uh, Anyway, Governor Parson says the state of Missouri public health decisions are left to the people to either make their own personal decisions or speak through their elected representatives in the General Assembly. Now, that's not what's going on here. We don't even have a generalist. Our assemblyman is absolutely useless here, uh, and that's the James Gallagher. You never see him. The only the only active assemblyman we have that I can find in California is a guy named Kevin Kiley, who is constantly speaking about the uh, tyrannical legislature here or tyrannical government here. So um, he says, uh, Parson says, the Biden administration's vaccine mandates undermine and deny Missourians their right to make personal health decisions and to speak through their elected representatives. Now, we see that both Biden and and our governor here in California, uh, Newsom, don't believe that people have a right to make their own decisions. And so Parsons says more than 3 million Missourians are fully, are, are fully vaccinated. Nearly 70% of Missourians 18 and older, nearly 90% of Missourians 65 and older have initiated vaccination. Missourians weekly positively rate has decreased 6.4%. We don't need to get into all that, but he said, let me be clear. We continue to encourage Missourians to be vaccinated, which is interesting. I think that's a bad deal in itself. But the, the interesting thing or the most important thing here is it's one thing for people to say it's hot out wear a hat today than saying we're going to punish you if you don't wear a hat, right? Never before, he says, since our nation's founding has a president unilaterally. Can you? I want you to think about this. Never before since our nation's founding has a president unilaterally forced vaccinations onto the American people. This is the first in history, and it's a challenge to see whether the American people at this stage of our lives are going for it. Due process is a foundational principle of our democracy, and this unprecedented and dangerous action threatens our system of government and individual freedoms we enjoy. Now, this is the same spirit— that Superintendent Newman at Wheeland High is addressing. So they're saying um, all agency boards, commissions, and entities within the executive branch of the state are directed to cooperate fully and timely with the Attorney General. In other words, they're just throwing down against uh, against the federal government. Now, 
because we've been miseducated, we think, oh, the federal government is the big guys, like their dad and the governor's mom, right? And then like the local yokels, local yokels, like supervisors, and they're, they're like our, our bigger brothers and sisters. That is not how it is at all. And uh, most of the governance, the way the founding fathers laid it out in the Constitution, is at the local level. And, uh, and certainly at the state level. And the federal government has a few powers. That's the way the founders started. But what's happened is through the uh, unauthorized growth of government, They've got too big, too big for their britches. And so what Chris Ann Hall says at chrisannhall.com, Chris, K-R-I-S-A-N-N, I'll have to double check, A-N-N or A-N-N-E, Hall.com, who is a specialist in the Constitution. She has written a number of things here I've got on the list to talk about today. But she she just says, hey, uh, the the state governments have to take a stand, Right. So the only one I find taking a stand around here is Kevin Kyle. I feel like he's our assemblyman, even though he's not in our district. And uh, so Kevin Kiley, he says here in a, in a, uh, on his blog, Kamala Harris has a 28% approval rating. This is what happens when California politics go national. Now it's interesting that uh, a guy that listens to the program here sent me a text saying, Hey, if Biden is uh, asked to step down as president or he can't continue on because of poor health and Kamala takes over. Now, there's all kinds of talk on the on the uh, various social media platforms about her being asked to step down as well. And how and then how you replace a vice president, but how you replace a president is that the vice president takes over. But maybe some liberals don't want Kamala as president. So then the issue is, well, who would be vice president? And some are suggesting that Newsom would be picked as vice president. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> so uh, there's and then, of course, that leaves all kinds of openings for various people to do various things. So uh, I want to mention this. I always like to cover things that have to do with those that are the most important among us, and that's our military and law enforcement who actually provide us a peaceful and safe existence. Uh, when we're done arguing about all the politics, right? So I found this fascinating because my dad and my uncle were both together in World War II. And this fellow, as of November 9th, 2021, is still living. He's 98. And uh, it says, today we honor the oldest living Medal of Honor recipient, Mr. Herschel Williams, or they nicknamed him Woody. He went Woody. And he was a combat Marine. Uh, he is a combat Marine veteran in Charleston, West Virginia. Woody Williams is the last living World War II vet recipient and the oldest living recipient of the Medal of Honor, the military's highest decoration for valor in combat. In 1943, as a Marine infantryman, Williams was trained in demolition and, and how to use flamethrowers. Sent to the South Pacific, he fought in the Battle of Guam, the Battle of Iwo Jima, where he, was, uh, where he fought Japanese fought the Japanese firing on U.S. soldiers from reinforced concrete pillboxes. He then vanquished enemy soldiers who rushed him with bayonets, fighting hand-to-hand -hand for over four hours. <laughs> I can't imagine 
for four minutes, maybe but four hours. He helped give the Marines a foothold when the U.S. flag was raised at Iwo Jima. And that's a famous statue you'll see or picture you'll see. After he was presented the Medal of Honor by President Harry Truman uh, on October 5, 1945, Williams continued to serve in the Marine Corps Reserve and as a Veterans Affairs Counselor on March 7, 2020, a Navy warship, the USS Herschel Woody Williams, was named after him. Now, that's amazing when they name a warship after you. Now, this is how sick our society has come has become. Now, they named an oiler. There's there certain types of ships that are called oilers. And they named one after Harvey Milk, which I thought was really ironic since he's a pedophile and used to uh, like to do young boys up the backside. And you need a little oil for that, they tell me. So Harvey Melk is the name. How would you like to serve in the USS Navy on the USS Harvey Melk? And the other one is, this might get up into somebody's uh, nose, is that Cesar Chavez is also got named. Now, Cesar Chavez isn't who you think he is. You think, oh, yeah, he, 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 he saved the life of all the Mexicans. No, he really didn't. And, um, and it, like Harvey Melk, what you've heard about him uh, is much myth. And so, yeah, I was around. I was living when, when Cesar was showing up and doing things. He had very little impact, except he made a lot of waves and, and got a lot of points with the Democrat Party. But like Harvey Milk, uh, he was not the quality person people tout him to be. So I wanted to uh, now go on to, let's see. I, I, I just want to mention this to you regarding sex education. So... Someone mentioned to me this last week, said, Lou, I, how do I find out what the curriculum is for a particular grade? And I said, well, just go over to the, call the uh, school that you're interested in, mention who you are, and just say, I'd like to look at the curriculum for fourth grade, do whatever, whatever. Now, what I didn't say is what I'm going to say now. So this, this curriculum, uh, correct curriculum operation wrote this, and I liked it. It says, when a concerned parent asks to see the curriculum being used in his or her his child's classroom, school personnel may hand him or her a large binder filled with pages and pages of lesson plans, slides, worksheets, activities, and lists of additional resources like videos, books, and websites. But what parents don't know is that, uh, no, is that there are several pieces of the curriculum located either online or on a flash drive which are only available to the teacher. These additional lessons contain long explanatory essays about sexual development and gender theory, advice on how to navigate families that are unaffirming of kids. In other words, they don't agree with the school. And uh, of the they're unaffirming of the kids' questionable sources, choices, like a, a child, a boy thinks, oh, mom, I, I think somebody, teacher said I might be a girl. Oh, maybe I am a girl, right? So, and... So then, uh, so on, on these flash drives, there are, uh, information about that and the laws surrounding sex ed exhaustive lists of website where teachers can download additional materials to supplement their lesson plans and whole sections devoted to connecting kids who are questioning their sexuality or identity with organizations that will encourage them on the path. And uh, one curriculum for fifth grade includes no lessons on gender identity in the physical binder, but these are found on the flash drive, which is accessed by the teacher. Also not included in the curriculum binder, uh, but included on the flash drive is a lesson featuring 
the genderbred person, not gingerbread, but the genderbred person, which the teacher prints out for the students. And then Positive Preventive Plus, a sex ed curriculum for the upper elementary grades, contains 30-page section about the development of sexuality, sexuality education, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, this is saying there's a lot of gnarly stuff. Now, when I talk to my friend who's at Marysville Joint Unified, he sent me to a website where there's all kinds of stuff on homosexuality and uh, gender confusion and all that stuff that that uh, kids, and he said he didn't even refer his parents to it anymore because there's so much garbage on there. But you, kids can, parents can order off that website at Marysville Joint Unified. So whether or not, like other school districts, there are, um, the library has uh, books in it that are, uh, cont- not only controversial, but they're pornographic. It's not just like it's a debate. It's like they're pornographic. So uh, then there's another section on how to navigate through the religious communities should the child decide he's homosexual. It's very interesting. We'll be right back. We're finished with our second segment. We got four to go. Hang in there. Come on. I've held my tongue long enough. I have to speak out about the atrocities happening in Afghanistan. And of course, I'm talking about the lack of following CDC guidelines. It is atrocious. I see you gathering in groups, and I know you're doing it to beat people and kill people, but have some respect and do it from a distance. Maybe use a longer stick or flog so you're not up close spreading your droplets. And if you're going to chant, I know you're excited. Before you chant death to America, keep the volume down. Or better yet, text each other. Maybe send a happy face emoji or a fireworks emoji. If you're going to stone somebody to death, sanitize the stone first. Otherwise, you got a super spreader event. And finally, beheadings. Before you chop someone's head off, put a mask on them because that head's going to plop down and roll around spreading the virus. It just makes common sense. Who was it who said, if the Negro cannot stand on his own legs, let him fall? Ronald Reagan, Newt Gingrich, Charles Murray? Not even close. It was Frederick Douglass. This was part of a speech in which Douglass also said, everybody has asked the question, what shall we do with the Negro? I have had but one answer from the beginning. Do nothing with us. Your doing with us has already played the mischief with us. Do nothing with us. Frederick Douglass had achieved a deeper understanding in the 19th century than any of the black leaders of today. Those whites who feel a need to do something with blacks and for blacks have been some of the most dangerous friends of blacks. Academia is the home of many such friends, which is why there are not only double standards of admissions to colleges, but also in some places double standards in grading. The late David Reisman called it affirmative grading. A professor at one of California's state universities where black students are allowed to graduate on the basis of easier standards put it bluntly, We are just lying to these black students when we give them degrees. 
That lie is particularly deadly when the degree is a medical degree, authorizing someone to treat sick people or perform surgery on children. For years, Dr. Patrick Chavis was held up as a shining example of the success of affirmative action, for he was admitted to medical school as a result of minority preferences and went back to the black community to practice medicine. In fact, he was publicly praised by the Lawyers' Committee for Civil Rights just two weeks before his license was suspended after his patients died under conditions that brought the matter to the attention of the Medical Board of California. An administrative law judge referred to Chavis's inability to perform some of the most basic duties required of a physician. A year later, after a fuller investigation, his license was revoked. Those who had for years been using Chavis as a shining example of the success of affirmative action suddenly changed tactics and claimed that an isolated example of failure proved nothing. Sadly, Chavis was not an isolated example. When a professor at the Harvard Medical School declared publicly, back in the 1970s, that black students were being allowed to graduate from that institution without meeting the same standards as others, he was denounced as a racist for saying that it was cruel to allow trusting patients to pay for our irresponsibility, trusting black patients in many cases. Why do supposedly responsible people create such dangerous double standards? Some imagine that they are being friends to blacks by lowering the standards for them. Some don't think that blacks have what it takes to meet real standards and that colleges and universities will lose their diversity and perhaps federal money with it if they don't lower the standards in order to get an acceptable racial body count. My own experience as a teacher was that black students would meet higher standards if you refused to lower the standards for them. This was not the royal road to popularity, either with the students themselves or with the friends of blacks on the faculty and in the administration. But when the dust finally settled, the students met the standards. We have gotten so used to abysmal performances from black students, beginning and failing ghetto schools, that it is hard for some to believe that black students once did a lot better than they do today, at least in places and times with good schools. As far back as the First World War, black soldiers from New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Ohio scored higher on mental tests than white soldiers from Georgia, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Mississippi. During the 1940s, black students in Harlem schools had test scores very similar to those of white working-class students on the Lower East Side of New York. Sometimes the Harlem scores were a little higher or a little lower, but they were never miles behind the way they are today in many ghetto schools. If blacks could do better back when their opportunities were worse, why can't today's ghetto students do better? Perhaps blacks have too many friends today. Alrighty, let me um, 
Let me just mention as we go along here, usually I bundle this together, but I'm going to spread it out a little bit today uh, just to make it easier, I think, for everybody. And that is I want to mention one of the other uh, folks that help us uh, be on the air. They just cover some of the costs of airtime and the radio show, Internet time for us or Internet space for us and uh, and techies that work with me. And that is uh, uh, North Valley Paralegal with uh, my friend Nelly Garcia, who does a great job over there. And most of your legal affairs you can have solved through a paralegal and don't need to bother with an attorney. They're very, very expensive. Somebody quoted me like $300 an hour or something like that. You can get most of your things, legal things, done through North Valley Paralegal in Yuba City. And so they serve Yuba and Sutter. They'll serve anybody, really, but they're downtown uh, Yuba City on Sutter Street. And uh, you can reach them at 530-751-9289. They're better. They're nicer. They're cheaper. They're faster, uh, and uh, you're going to be treated with real customer care at North Valley Paralegal. And also I want to mention uh, Dr. Cassidy. We're working with a lot of addicts. In fact, we work together with one, a heroin addict today, and uh, we're working with addicts, getting them off the street and getting them off heroin and off fentanyl and off oxy and all the other stuff because it's not just to get them sober, which it, that's that's uh, reason enough, but – it's very, very dangerous. Heroin isn't heroin anymore or Xanax or all these other things. Sometimes they're sprinkled or tainted with fentanyl. And if they are, you're liable to lose your life. So we're working on getting people into Peachtree Clinic or Peachtree Health. You can call them if you have an addiction problem of any kind from tobacco on up, uh, meth or whatever, alcohol, whatever. Call 530-749-3242 and just ask for Dr. Cassidy appointment with him. And when they say, what do you need? Just say addiction help. And that, that should get it. If there's any problem or confusion, they say he's too busy or they, they don't know what's up on this addiction thing. Just, just text him at 530-682-8648. Text him. Call Peachtree Clinic. So, again, just text the doc if you're not having success to the front end. If all else fails... Sometimes he goes on vacation or something. Uh, just just call me up, and I'll get you hooked up and get you the help you need. So 530-713-1838. The latest flyer we're kind of working on is a lady died the other day because her friends were trying to do CPR on her, but what they're doing is doing chest compressions instead of breathing for her. And with that, when you go down with a opiate overdose, what what happens is is your heart just slows 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 and stops and you just stop breathing it doesn't mean they couldn't start stop start breathing again so you need to give them the the breath of air through the mouth and so we we're working on a little brochure to hand out to the uh that part of the community so we can uh help people uh learn uh how to save their friend and then of course we have uh narcan that we're making available to the and also all the sheriff's deputies i don't know about the police officers but all the sheriff's deputies in yuba county are packing narcan uh, on in their cars in fact i i mentioned a couple weeks ago they saved three individuals within one hour or uh, sorry within one 24-hour period that had all gone down and i i think uh, we were talking the other night i think probably some some heroin came into town and it was more potent or it had some fentanyl in it and everybody started shooting or sucking it up their nose, however they take it. 
and uh, they all overdosed within 24 hours. So uh, give us a shout. And we're a lot of people are getting off the streets. We're getting them into rehabs. We're getting them stabilized, etc. So, okay, let me get back to business here. And uh, we're talking about the the school thing. And uh, I want to just it says here, the section of the curriculum also contains advice on how to navigate through the religious community. Should your child decide he's a homosexual or or he's gender expansive or he's transgender, stating that many families find they need to seek new religious communities that are more welcoming of their family. Uh, so anyway, this is important stuff, folks, and it's up to you. If your kids are still in the public system, uh, you need to, you know, you need to go, you need to go find out. And if you get pushed back, uh, you can push back yourself and you have a right to look at the curriculum. And if they just hand you the binder, you can ask that second question. Uh, are there other sources that you use like on the internet? I want to look at, I want to look at the websites and if you have a, a thumb drive or a flash drive, I would like a copy of that to review that as well. Be thorough, right? Just don't say, oh, thank you very much. You're just so amazing. No, they're not so amazing. They're, they, when, people, when people that are supposed to be serving your family are lying to you or, uh, or being uh, coy with you about what, what's going on, uh, you know you got problems. Uh, your your teacher, your administrator should be right in your corner, totally. Now, th- this finally s- ends up saying the bait and switch is intentional at the school. Remember, the school the school hands a concerned parent a binder containing the curriculum. The concerned parent assumes he or she is holding all of it. The parent carefully leaves through all the pages in the binder and is relieved that his or ch- her child will be spared from all this da 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 But the fact is, They've got it stashed elsewhere. They know they're doing wrong. They know you're not going to approve of it. So all these deviant people are ripping you off. And uh, it's it's the way of the liberal legislation. You fight the legislation. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I know it says that, but, you know, we're, it's going to be sorted out at the local level. No, 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 no. It's a ripoff. So, um, Okay. So another article by Mike Adams at Natural News. Uh, you can you can get his emails. You, he has a daily podcast uh, on Rumble, I think it is. I don't. They don't uh, host him on YouTube anymore. But Mike Adams, Natural News, and then he has a or Brighteon. He's on Brighteon as well. So the, the title of this article is "The Vaccinated Are Dropping Dead." Now you've been hearing like from our local uh, the Death Doctor. Uh, our, our Joseph, Joseph Mingla, uh, her name is Fong Lu, and she will tell you and put out all kinds of false statistics. Every one of these health officers have been fraudulent. The state of California has been fraudulent. The national the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, the World Health Organization, the National Institute of Health have all been fraudulent from the very beginning on this on this COVID stuff. They deceived the president of the United States. They played games on this. They jacked everybody around. They talked around in circles. And now they said, oh, yeah, you unvaccinated. You're going to keep everybody sick. You're ruining society for everybody. It's just like they did to the Jews. They they said they were rats. They were vermin. They were the pests of society. They needed to be eradicated. And once we eradicate them from German society, then things will really start getting good. And that's what people said. They This whole 
propaganda first two weeks, right? Then, oh, yeah, two weeks. But then, oh, yeah, well, maybe two weeks more. Well, yeah, you got to wear a mask. You got you to stand six feet apart. I was at a, a, a clinic today with an addict. And uh, so they, they have chairs in the lobby, right, that are on these frames that are already the chairs. They, aren't, they don't move around. They're all built into a frame system. So every other chair was marked, don't sit here. Well, it wasn't six feet apart. It was about three feet apart. But they just had to show that they had to keep people apart. And uh, of course, I don't I don't I sit wherever I want and I don't wear a mask. And uh, because it's all control, it has nothing to do with health. It does not benefit you from sitting three feet from the person next to you. Uh, and it doesn't benefit you to wear a mask The the new female director, I keep forgetting her name. She's a dark haired woman. Uh, she says she I saw her on YouTube the other day. She said mask will protect 80 percent of the virus come coming and going. I thought, you know something, you just made that up. There's no tests that say that. So this this article said the vaccinated are dropping dead in plain view as Fauci and the media admit total vax failure while pimping more booster shots for the gullible. Now, listen, listen to me. These shots are killing people. I just I, I ship I, I work in both Vietnam and Cambodia. So I'm in contact with them every week, if not sometimes several times a week. And I was talking to the guy that takes care of 2,500 orphans in uh, Cambodia. And because on Facebook, it showed this beautiful young woman under 30 who died of uterine cancer. And, and, and I, so he said to me uh, over the phone, he didn't bring up cancer. I said, he said, oh, yeah, we had one of our young uh, mothers die here or young women die. And, and uh, she had taken the shots. And I said, oh, I thought she died of cancer. He said, yes, she did. But the shots are causing cancer, and they are. That's one of the the adverse effects is it's triggering cancer because it's shutting down people's immune system, and your immune system deals with cancer all the time. So and, uh, Mike Adams says it's now official. Tony Fauci has admitted that vac- vaccines aren't working and that vaccinated people of every age are getting sick and dying. What are they getting sick of? Some are getting sick of COVID because the vaccine is actually causing COVID. It's not working. And then the vaccine shutting down their immune system. So if they had other problems in their life, other health issues in general, that is getting out of control and they're ended up in the hospital and they have no immune system. Just like AIDS patients, remember they, they had uh, their immune system had collapsed. So uh, his exact, so his exact quote, I'll give you exact quote, November 12th on Yahoo News. They are seeing a, a waning, that's a, a falling away of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalization and to some extent death, which is starting to now involve all age groups. Remember, we didn't have any sick people with our young until we started injecting them. Hold that thought. There was no reason to shut down our schools, never. But now we got sick kids. And he says, it isn't just the elderly. This is his exact quote on Yahoo News. It's, it's waning to the point that you're seeing more and more people getting breakthrough infections. That's A breakthrough infection is not an un, unvaccinated person. That's only vaccinated people, that term breakthrough infections. That's breaking through 
the vaccination. And more and more of those people who are getting breakthrough infections are winding up in the hospital. Now, all over, hospitals are getting very, very busy. And that was predicted by people that are being trashed on the Internet, like Judy Mikovits, Sherry Tenpenny, uh, David Martin, Dr. David Martin, and Dr. Joseph Mercola, M-E-R-C-O-L-A. So he said this after months of after months, we've had this propaganda claiming vaccines are 95 percent effective. Now, listen, I feel sorry to say this in some ways, but I'm just telling you the facts and the truth. And I didn't go out on a limb as a professional doctor and state to all the world that the vaccines are safe, well tested and effective. Now, none of those three adjectives are true they're not even close to being true that's bs it was bs in the beginning and it was bs now in fact every day it that every day that that safe effective and well tested is still on the internet on facebook or wherever it's out there that's more egg on the face of these. At one time, there were fairly reputable doctors and liked doctors in our area. There were about 20 or 30 medical practitioners of various types that went and supported uh, our Joseph Mengele here locally and said that they, they, they were for the vaccine. What they didn't say is that their families had taken the vaccine. They said they encouraged their families to take the vaccine. That's a long ways from it, and it's very deceptive because people will walk away and say, well, all those doctors said they t- their families took it. No, 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 no. That's not what they said. That's not what they said at all. What they said, what these vaccines are safe, they're effective, and they're well-tested. That is a, that's a three-way lie, Okay. So this article says uh, in Mike Adams writes, this is after months of claiming vaccines are 95% effective and that they were so safe and effective. Everyone should be jabbed multiple times. Suddenly that false narrative has collapsed along with a growing list of soccer players and young sports professionals who are literally dying on the fields across the globe. And I, I, I read a whole list of them, but a lot of them you don't even know because of European soccer players. But the top mountaineering biker in the United States, the, the, the top guy, and I, I don't know whether I have a clip on him or not, I mean a write-up on him or not, but I've read his story a couple of times. He took the jabs, and he has got uh, inflammation of the heart, and it's taking him out of his, uh, his lifelong pursuit, which is mountain bike competitions. So what Fauci's answer to all this is, you know what it is? This guy is a total nutcase. He's a criminal and he's a nutcase. You think, oh, well, man, he didn't rob any place. He didn't rape anybody. Let, let me ask you this. Germany, at the t- time of coming into World War II, was, had some of the most brilliant scholars in the world. And whether it was theology or science uh, or mechanics or inventions or rockets or whatever americans people from the west would go there to study however uh if you aren't morally right it doesn't matter how smart you are you can get really screwed up right and i've seen some really sharp people like let's take doctors for example uh, i've seen doctors that were top heart doctors here at ad that write out uh get loaded 
and overdose and have to be arrested by the Yuba County Sheriff's Department. And they lost their job here. I've had one doctor that was a general practitioner be arrested for molesting his patients. I've had doctors in this area. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not down on doctors in this area. It, it happens in every profession. I'm just saying I, 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 uh, I consider doctors some of the brightest people in our area in terms of schooling and, and, uh, and they just they got some extra DNA going on there. But that doesn't mean they're moral people. And they aren't just going along to get along. I keep hearing stories. In fact, I got a couple friends that are pharmaceutical reps. I'm going to pin this down because I keep hearing it, that doctors get pay from the pharmaceutical companies. They get kickbacks and things. And that taints your view on things. So this says um, what Fauci's answer to all this is more booster shots. As if a third injection will magically make the vaccine work when the first two injections have already been proven disastrous. Now, I played a clip last week or the week before of a lady talking about what each injection has in it and how damaging it is to your body. These injections are not designed to bring health. I'm telling you that there is ulterior motives behind the entire thing we faced with this COVID thing in the last 24 months. It was planned. It was predicted, but it was predicted. It was planned and is being carried out in a very thorough way by controlling people with huge amounts of money. Huge amounts of money are flowing to the states, to the counties, to the cities, and they're even giving stimulus checks out to people. They're, they're even, in fact, you'll, you, you heard a, a deal where they're even some place. I can't even remember what city it is. If, if you go in, I don't know, it may have been up in Canada. If you go in and get a shot, you have, you get a half hour with a prostitute. Is that unbelievable? That's just unbelievable. Uh, if you get a shot, you can, uh, go get, uh, go to a, one of these playlands or whatever, magic mountain or whatever. You can get a $50 certificate. You can get this, you can get that. You can, uh, get a free cup of coffee. It's just a hustle. When have you ever seen anybody do anything like this in our country? So more booster shots. It's nonsense. Uh, I'm going to spend time. Uh, in fact, Bobby Kennedy is just coming out with a book. It's it, it's just coming out this month about Fauci. And you just Bobby Kennedy, by the way, is a great writer. He wrote the introduction to a book called the, the Plague of Corruption by Judy Mikovits. Bobby Kennedy, the book is worth his introduction. The guy can really write. He's a fa- fantastic writer. So his book on Fauci is a criminal. I can't remember the title right now, but it just, if you do Bobby Kennedy and book Fauci, you can pick it up uh, in a variety of places. Uh, so he runs a childrenshealthdefense.org. Uh, so you need to get that book and read about Fauci. Uh, says here, people who took the first two shots may be brain damaged enough to keep taking boosters until they're completely dead. Uh, okay, we'll come back to this because we just got a, a few seconds left and uh, we're going to we're done with our third section for today. So we will be uh, right back and uh, in about 10 minutes, five minutes.
What's going? What's going on? What's happening? Oh, well, hi. Hi there. Uh, how, uh, how are ya? Oh, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling, feeling emboldened, you know, all powerful. <laughs> We're going all in, if you haven't noticed. We're going all in. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think we've all noticed. Well, I'm, I'm 2022 and I'm just in the area checking in. I uh, want to make sure that we're clear on policies and platforms as we head into, into the next year before, you know, election season begins. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you got? What are we working with here? Yeah. Well, one of your big platforms is climate change and a lot of people in your party that push climate change own multiple homes, fly on private jets, or buying oceanfront property. I'm just wondering if that's still going to be one of your, you know, your policies you push. Yeah, well, people need to get around, right? I mean, uh, we're okay if it's the elites, not so much the, the peasants. Okay, okay. Well, you guys have always been about bodily autonomy, my body, my choice. Well, that's done now, so... Wait, wait, wait. What do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, you guys have always been my body, my choice, but now you're all about forcing people to inject themselves with something that they don't want in order to keep a job. So I think my body, my choice is out, right? Well, oh, in the Southern border. Yeah. You guys just seem to be completely like, I mean, let that one go. Right. Just, you know. Ah, no borders, right? Who needs borders? Like I said, we're going all in, okay? Okay, so let me just get this right. Open borders, the state can inject you with whatever they wanna inject you with and save the planet, but not really. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that works. Let's do this. Hey, so I just wanna be upfront because I really like you. I have herpes and AIDS and syphilis and polio and a touch of the swine flu. I'm also a registered sex offender. I have a severe drug and alcohol addiction and I just got out of prison for attempting to murder a thousand puppies. Um, okay. But are you vaccinated? Um, no, I, I don't think I'm gonna get it. Okay, that's the deal breaker. I skipped over a clip I wanted to play last section, but I will do it this section. But I want to finish up talking about uh, the shots and the disaster of the shots. Um, what's happening is that there's a deadly, uh, what they call, you know, this whole concept, of, well, it just accidentally escaped. It just accidentally got made. It's just a freak of nature. No, the the COVID, the, vac the COVID, um, illness the virus was weaponized or it was uh it was what did they call it i don't I can't even remember the name uh they took and they create a spike protein in it 
And that spike protein is causing problems when you get it in your system. So that spike protein in the vaccine that they've, they've created is causing problems. It's getting in your blood system and it's getting into the cells. It says, if you refuse to take the never ending parade of deadly spike protein injection, you will be cut off from society. It begs the question. Uh, if you refuse, what was the point of taking the first two shots? And in in, so what's happening is now in France, if you took the tier, you know, if you have a vaccine passport and you have the first two vaccines, but now they come out with a booster and you haven't got the booster, then the, the passport's no good, right? It's like your passport after 10 years in the U.S. is no good anymore. So or are you, are you fly into a country with a visa and then when you fly out, you can't go back because you need another visa. So every time you get a new booster uh, come out, then your vaccine passport is no good. You remember they weren't going to do vaccine passports. In, in fact, there's clips that say all all these leaders say, oh, we're not going to do vaccine. Pa- oh, no, 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 we're not going to do. Oh, this is a free country. We knew, never do vaccine passports. Now we got the, our local arts center over here is saying you got to have a vaccine. You got to have proof of vaccination to come in here or you have to have proof that you were you were you got to get tested every time you come in here. It's just unbelievable. So. Um, so there's going to be a never ending uh supply of deadly spike protein injections until you drop dead listen people this is about reducing the population of the world covid is not the big issue we've been fighting over masks we've been fighting over standing so far apart we've been fighting over schools you know fighting over whether i can run my business or not that was never the issue it's all been about control takeover totalitarian government uh no borders and all that's that's been the big game play here um, okay. So this is called vaccine suicide. Now I want to play a clip here now that, um, it says a chemist describes his wife's major adverse reaction after a COVID vaccine. This is Megan Kelly. She used to be on Fox. Then she left Fox. And now she has a, a show on Sirius radio, but she's interviewing. He's, this guy is a scientist and, uh, he, and his wife and him took the shot thinking they were helping society. And so this is a, a long clip, about seven and a half minutes, but it's very good. And you're listening to what happened. This guy's a super sharp guy. And so uh, we'll be right back after they finish playing this. Okay. This is a nightmare. You guys testified before the FDA panel um, when they were considering the vaccine for five to 11 year olds. And um, your wife did take place in this trial for AstraZeneca. And she was living a healthy, robust life prior to this. She wasn't somebody somebody who had some sort of chronic illness or uh, psychological issues that continued to make her feel ill at every turn. She was fine. Yeah, she was absolutely fine. Healthy, hiking mountains, you know, taking care of the kids, rock climbing, skiing, all of all of the things that we love to do. So she decides to take place in the in the trial of the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is widely used in Europe. Why? Why did she decide to do that? So uh, me being a scientist, we're a science loving family. Uh, we were concerned about COVID. We wanted to, you know, protect our family. We wanted to further the science. We wanted to help end the pandemic. And so she was presented with the opportunity to to partake in the trial and chose to to sign up. You know, she was so confident in 
you know, the vaccines being developed that, you know, she would be able to get a vaccine potentially and then not have to experience COVID herself and help protect her family and her community when, as well when, as further the science. And so when did she take place in the first in the trial? So she had her first dose November 4th of 2020. So just over a year ago. Okay. And what happened? So right after she got the shot, uh, we were driving home and she said, something doesn't feel right. She had tingling down her arm where she got the shot. Mm -hmm. She started to notice that her vision was changing. Um, her ears became very, very sensitive to sound. Her eyes were so sensitive to light. She had to put on the darkest sunglasses. Um, later that night, she had the typical vaccine response that they tell you to expect, you know, the fever and all of those things. But that had resolved by morning. However, she experienced new symptoms that next morning. She couldn't really walk properly. Her left foot was sort of slumping, she calls it. She was walking into doorways. The sound and light sensitivity were severe. She was still experiencing the numbness and tingling. Um, and the symptoms just kept progressing and getting worse. We called the test clinic. Um, they didn't respond for a couple of days. Finally, they responded, brought her in, did an exam, said, you know what? There were a couple of instances of transverse myelitis and MS in the previous trials. You might have MS and you should go see a neurologist. Oh, my so Lord. So we ended up in the ER three days later. They did all of the tests that they could, ruled out any of those you know, pre-existing type conditions, and uh, essentially said, we don't know what's going on, but uh, best of luck to you, and sent her home to continue to decline. We went to the ER two more times and then uh, a fourth time and she was finally hospitalized. At this point, she couldn't walk. She was um, incontinent. She was peeing her pants. Um, she still had to wear earmuffs to be anywhere that wasn't a dark room. She had uh, extreme sensitivity to sound. You couldn't touch her. She couldn't brush her teeth. I mean, it was, it was just a hellacious experience. How old is she at this point? Uh, she's 39 years old at this point. Oh, my goodness. Now she's 40. So you, so you, who do you go to specifically, the people running the clinic? Like, who do you call to say, you need to know this happened? Right. So each of the clinical trials, you know, they're, they're essentially performed by all these trial sites in all of the different states and cities. And so we, we call the test clinic. That's what they call these. So they're the ones who administer the shots and, you know, collect the data and then send it on to, uh, in this case, AstraZeneca. And so that, that's who we called was the, the doctors at the test clinic to say, you know what, something's not right here. Something's going on. And, and they, uh, they, know, don't, they didn't right offer any, the shot. they didn't offer any help to you. You were on your own in dealing with the fallout from it. And then right. it's, it seems like, you know, the other shoe to drop was when you saw her negative outcome was not included in the results of the clinical trial. Right. So the clinical trial report wasn't released until last month, but I was a little bit suspicious given that um, the test clinic sort of didn't seem super interested. The feedback we were getting from AstraZeneca um, was essentially, we need a diagnosis, we need a diagnosis, anything that would um, essentially absolve them of any responsibility. Right. So I was concerned um, in January. So this happened in November. In January, I reached out to um, the NIH to um, you know, see if they had any thoughts on this. And to my surprise, they actually responded really quickly. Uh, we had a telehealth visit with doctors at the NIH. Um, they wanted to 
bring her out for testing and possible treatment. However, this was January and, uh, you know, the NIH is located in Maryland. And around this time, we had a lot of civil unrest and other things going on. They weren't sure with the inauguration if they could uh, safely bring her out. And so um, they weren't able to bring her out at this time. They offered to talk to her doctors locally to try and get them to um, perform the proper tests to come to a, a proper diagnosis. But even with uh, their involvement, our local doctors were still incredulous. And because none of the test results would come back you know, abnormal, they just said, well, this might be all in your head. It's probably just anxiety. You can't walk because you have anxiety. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, was any, did anything show up on any test? Because one of the things I read was um, that she started to suffer severe brain damage and was obviously advised by those running the trial not to get the second dose. Was that something that manifested in a CT scan or something? No. So all of the the adverse reactions were essentially symptomatic until we actually were able to go to the NIH and get proper testing done. Um, and so all of these symptoms, you know, the, the neurological decline and everything else was very, very concerning, but nobody really knew what to do with it because when you do the, you know, the CT or the MRI, everything looks normal. All of her mm -hmm. testing essentially was coming back normal. Mm. So did you ever make it to the NIH? We did. We went to the NIH in June where they did a whole battery of testing and she was eventually diagnosed with a bunch of vaccine-caused injuries. So the NIH acknowledged that? Yes. So how does it wind up that as recently as last month, her negative vaccine-caused injuries are not in the report? Exactly. So in a clinical trial, um, essentially the participants are given an app on their smartphones where they report any of the, the side effects. However, the only side effects you're allowed to report is a bulleted list of selected adverse events, the things like fever, muscle aches, injection site pain, headache, you know, tiredness, things like that. There is no free form where you can write you know, I can't walk anymore, or I can't be in bright light, or my ears are so sensitive, or any of the other things that she experienced. You have to call the test clinic, explain to them what's going on, and then it's up to them to report up the chain, right, with potential reporting and clinician bias, you know, the adverse events. And they didn't. It would appear not. So, um, lost my place here. So let me get finish up this one spot here uh, on this, what he says, and then we'll, uh, so I can wrap this up. It says, many people took the shots because they just wanted the, the government to leave them alone. Now, they're being told that the initial wave of obedience no longer counts. Human beings are being trained like dogs to bow down to ever-increasing obedience demands levied by the evil government. Yet that very same government is trying to murder us all, and they're using vaccines and food scarcity and food inflation, energy disruptions, etc., to achieve the end-game goal. COVID vaccine booster shots are merely compliant steps required for the completion of vaccine suicide. Those who continue to bo take booster shots are only accelerating their biological destruction 
playing right into the hands of the depopulation globalists who seek to end the viability of the human uh, race on planet Earth. Now, I want to read you something else that fits right into this. It's a meme that was sent to me. Uh, Let me see if I can come across. I I had it. Oh, here we go. It says, imagine a depopulation plan. So now if you think, why, why, why is Lou talking so much about depopulation? Because Agenda 21, that's a United Nations agenda, said we need to depopulate the earth and eliminate about 7 billion people. In other words, leave about half a billion people on the earth. And that will solve all the problems that the liberals have defined that are problems like climate change, et cetera, et cetera food shortages, which there aren't any, right? Imagine a depopulation plan so diabolical and so perfect you could literally pull it off without 90% of the herd even knowing what was going on. Or even better, get the herd to ignore their own fate and actually participate in it. In other words, volunteer to take the jab. You're watching it in real time. Now, the the people's church, the people's temple out of San Francisco, they were very connected to liberal politicians in San Francisco. Uh, finally, I, I don't know whether Jim Jones felt the heat back in the 1970s, but he, they all went to Guyana and they set up a, a commune down there with over 900 people. And for whatever reason, I've never read a book on why he did it or what led to the, the, his demise, but he gave everyone, everyone did it voluntarily. They didn't hold a gun to anybody's head and they took a Kool-Aid or a, a punch and he put cyanide in it, and they all died together. Now, that's exactly what's going on here. Huge numbers of people are voluntarily, in fact, people are posting on Facebook how thrilled they were to get the jab, and it was done, and they were excited, and everything was fine. But they haven't had big reactions. Now, there's people all over the United States and all over the world that are having major reactions, and when they have one, the the media is not covering it. And the, the government, as you heard that scientist, that chemist, talk just a minute ago they had very difficult time getting responsiveness when the wife even participated in an astrazeneca test so uh, so let me see what else i got here for you this one lady says people too scared to work last year got unemployment benefits stimulus checks and free housing people who never stopped working got fired now and denied all their benefits that's what's going on now and uh, then it talks, uh, let's see, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep on the COVID thing for a minute here. Uh, all right. So what I'm saying to you is, is that if you have survived the initial shots, Mike Adams says that your immune system each week is compromised 5%. So in 20 weeks... You're essentially like an HIV patient that that develops AIDS. And in other words, your immune system would be 100 percent compromised. And what the what the uh, the vaccine proponents are touting is that your immune system is now being run with an mRNA immune system. In other words, the vaccine or the shots immune system has now usurped or or. over over uh took over your immune system overruled your immune system but that's that immune system is compromised and it will not work 
And I don't have time to probably tonight to go into all the details on that, but the details are out there if you want to read all about it. And in the cell, if you want to know what happens in your cells that and why it's not going to work. So uh, we're going to be back here in a few minutes. L- let me just give a pitch for a couple other people. And uh, I got a little off track here trying to fit in this clip. Didn't push the right buttons to start recording. So I think we got it back on track here and we're, we're working. So I just want to mention uh, greenitsconstruction.com, green with ETZ on the end. They got, they're the best kitchen remodelers in the area and bathroom remodelers and just general remodeling. Right now they're focusing. He, he said, Lou, we're just, we got a whole bunch of kitchens lined up. We're really busy. So I'm not saying don't call them. Uh, there's always going to be a time when they finish these and they're, they're not going out of business. They've been in business for 40 years. Uh, so you can reach them at greenitsconstruction.com. You can email him off that site. The reason I'm sending you there so you can see before and afters on his business. and Or you can go to his Facebook site if you're a Facebook person. You could go to Dave Greenitz Construction and then you could look what's going on there and you could communicate with him there or you could dial him up or text him at 530-682-9602 he has a no compromise construction business they they do what they say they get there on time they answer the phone they get done there everything's clean tidy it's uh, well run fast they get it done they get in get out and it's done well and it's uh, it's the best so Greenwich Construction. Also, I want to mention uh, Thrifty Rooter. And uh, Thrifty Rooter has been around, again, another business over 40 years, between 40 and 50 years. And uh, they, if you go to their website, they, it says it all there. It lists all the different services. I think maybe they're the only uh, – in fact, I was talking to Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security. He said, Lou, I think Thrifty Rooter is the only company that has the big tanks if you have a septic system. And you need it just pumped out to solve an immediate problem. Uh, they have that. They they got cameras that go inside your lines. They got all kinds of twists and, and technology they can help you with to solve your problem. So thriftyrooter.net. And you could order their services right over the Internet. Or they have, uh, they have a dispatch system. And you can reach them at 530-683. 8201-530-673-8201. They're also looking for workers. So if you want to you want to become a plumber, they will train you. And uh, they got no hesitancy about that. They got a handful of people working with them. I drove by their offices today and uh, cars are parked all around. Saw one of their vans out today. So check them out if you need some uh, plumbing, particularly if you have a, a problem with uh, a septic system, they can they can get you bailed out quick. We'll be right back. We're going to get into our uh, fourth, or sorry, our fifth segment for the day.
just a healthy reminder if you plan on having any sexual fun this weekend, even if it's only finger stuff, throw a glove on it, two masks, four condoms, and after you're done, just do a light grazing on your genitals with a Clorox wipe. It'll sting a bit, but better to be safe. In the darkest chapter of German history, during a time when incited mobs threw stones into the windows of innocent shop owners and women and children were cruelly humiliated in the open, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a young pastor, began to speak publicly against the atrocities that the regime had produced. After years of trying to change people's minds, Dietrich Bonhoeffer came home one evening and his own father had to tell him that two men were waiting in his room to take him away. In prison, Bonhoeffer began to reflect on how his country of poets and thinkers had turned into a collective of cowards, crooks and criminals. Eventually, he concluded that the root of the problem was not malice, but stupidity. In his famous Letters from Prison, Bonhoeffer argued that stupidity is a more dangerous enemy of the good than malice, because while one may protest against evil, it can be exposed and prevented by the use of force. Against stupidity, we are defenseless. Neither protests nor the use of force accomplish anything here. Reasons fall on deaf ears. Facts that contradict a stupid person's prejudgment simply need not be believed, and when they are irrefutable, they are just pushed aside as inconsequential, as incidental. In all this, the stupid person is self-satisfied and, being easily irritated, becomes dangerous by going on the attack. For that reason, greater caution is called for when dealing with a stupid person than with a malicious one. If we want to know how to get the better of stupidity, we must seek to understand its nature. This much is certain. Stupidity is, in essence, not an intellectual defect, but a moral one. There are human beings who are remarkably agile intellectually, yet stupid and others who are intellectually dull, yet anything but stupid. The impression one gains is not so much that stupidity is a congenital defect, but that, under certain circumstances, people are made stupid, or rather, they allow this to happen to them. People who live in solitude manifest this defect less frequently than individuals in groups, and so it would seem that stupidity is perhaps less a psychological than a sociological problem. It becomes apparent that every strong upsurge of power, be it of a political or religious nature, infects a large part of humankind with stupidity, almost as if this is a sociological-psychological law where the power of the one needs the stupidity of the other. The process at work here is not that particular human capacities, such as intellect, suddenly fail. Instead, it seems that under the overwhelming impact of rising power, humans are deprived of their inner independence and, more or less consciously, give up an autonomous position. The fact that the stupid person is often stubborn must not blind us from the fact that he is not independent. 
In conversation with him, one virtually feels that one is dealing not at all with him as a person, but with slogans, catchwords and the like that have taken possession of him. He is under a spell, blinded, misused, and is abused in his very being. Having thus become a mindless tool, the stupid person will also be capable of any evil, incapable of seeing that it is evil. Only an act of liberation, not instruction, can overcome stupidity. Here, we must come to terms with the fact that in most cases, a genuine internal liberation becomes possible only when external liberation has preceded it. Until then, we must abandon all attempts to convince the stupid person. Bonhoeffer died due to his involvement in a plot against Adolf Hitler at dawn on the 9th of April 1945 at Flossenburg concentration camp, just two weeks before soldiers from the United States liberated the camp. Action springs not from thought, but from a readiness for responsibility. The ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its children, Bonhoeffer once said. Let's suppose you are challenged to a game of Krombus. Let's also suppose that if you lose the game, you will be a slave for the rest of your life. And so will your children. Now let's further suppose that the game of Krombus has already started and it's your turn. Would you know what to do? Would you know how to line up? Would you know what equipment to bring? Would you know how to dress for the game? And how would you know if you're winning or losing? Can you see that if you don't even know the rules of the game, you have no practical hope of saving your life or securing your liberty? Now, in America, we don't declare allegiance to any man or group of men, including political parties. Rather, our oath of allegiance is to a document, the Constitution. With this in mind, can you name the five freedoms that are protected by the First Amendment to the United States Constitution? Have you ever read the Constitution of your state, which is the supreme law of your state? Were you expecting these documents to enforce themselves? Now, liberty under law is our heritage, and it is the blessing we earnestly seek to preserve for posterity. But liberty under law is not possible if the citizenry doesn't know the law. According to Thomas Jefferson, anyone who desires to be ignorant and free desires what never was and never will be. The criminality and the chaos we now face is primarily due to our ignorance of the rules of constitutional government. Now, if you want to have any real hope of escaping slavery or death at the hand of America's enemies, you might want to learn the rules. You can start by visiting www.instituteontheconstitution.com. By the way, the five freedoms are religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. And there is no game called Columbus. I made that up. This is Michael Anthony Peruca for Institute on the Constitution, bringing you I've been so many places in my life and times Sung a lot of songs Made some bad rhymes Acted up my life on stages Ten thousand people watching But we were alone all right, this fifth seg segment is brought to you by Elite Universal Security. That's Monty Hecker. He's been, again, he's a retired Air Force uh, veteran who started this business decades ago. And uh, they're 
they're uh, based out of Yuba County, but they're located, they're all over Northern California, Sacramento North to the Oregon border. And uh, they do all kinds of uh, services for, they serve government, they serve business, they serve private residents, uh, they serve cities uh, in a variety of ways. Uh, so they have patrols like you've seen them. They they protect courthouses, all that kind of stuff. So they also are very sharp on technology so they can help you figure out how you can monitor your business when you're not there or your house. And uh, when somebody walks near it, the cameras go off, the ding goes on your phone. You can see them right there. There's all kinds of cool technology today that they know about that I don't know much about, but they can help you with. And they're also looking for workers in all counties that they're uh, operating in. So if you're hearing this in a, from another county in Northern California, they, they're interested in putting you to work. And they will train you just like the other folks. EliteUniversalSecurity.com. Uh, they're located at uh, Yuba County at 530-749-0280. 530-749-0280. If you want a job or you want to give them a job to do, uh, they're going to help you. They also have classes online, classes at their place. They can get you your concealed weapon permit, teach you how to use a taser, teach you how to use pepper spray. They got classes on all that. If, you, if you're a lady and you, you feel a little intimidated packing a gun, or if you're a guy and you don't want to pack a gun, but uh, you don't want to get a concealed weapon permit, but you want to pack something, uh, they can do the taser, they can do the, the spray. And uh, there's a lot of things out there now that can protect you, and they can help you with all that. So uh, Elite Universal Security, and they also have a website for their schooling, their classes coming up, and that's at api-academy.com. All right. So and finally, uh, I'll just mention, uh, well, I'll catch those. I'll catch the next ones at the, uh, the next break. So we're in our fifth segment here, and uh, let me see. Let me get down. Oh, this is this is interesting. This person said uh, the sports media. Do, do you remember uh, a guy named Aaron Rodgers? Some of you in Northern California remember him. He actually went to Butte College, junior college. I was told. I remember him at Chico State, but not at Butte. But the San Francisco 49ers had a chance to draft him, and they passed. And the Green Bay Packers picked him up, and he's still one of the top quarterbacks in the. Uh, National Football League. So recently, he, along with a handful of outspoken uh, professional athletes uh, in, uh, I didn't hear so much about baseball, but I'm hearing it in the NBA, the National Basketball Association, and the uh, Football League, saying, I'm not going to take the jab, right? So people just went nuts on him. They just carpet bombed him. They they cancel cultured him, Aaron Rodgers. So Matt Walsh, who has a blog and a podcast, he said the sports media are far, far angrier at Aaron Rodgers for not getting vaccinated than Deshaun Watson for sexually assaulting dozens of women or Henry Ruggs for driving 125 miles per hour while drunk and killing someone. Isn't that how it is? The NFL is so corrupt. And uh, I've just, I just I, I haven't watched a football game in a long time. It just, it's a turnoff to me. It's just a total turnoff. And um, so it's just very sad 
the whole thing. So this is cool. Governor Ron DeSantis, who is just, he seems like the, being the stand-up guy. This is like old-school America down in Florida. Uh, so he just dropped a nuke on Antifa and BLM down in Sacramento. They just let him trash the whole city, the city police down there. Uh, so he recently announced the terms of Florida's new Law Enforcement Protection Act. Here it is. If you're arrested during a riot, you'll stay in jail until you stand before a judge. Number two, participate in a riot, forfeit state benefits and employment. Uh, employment benefits. Three, strike a cop, mandatory six months. Violent assembly, felony. Block a roadway, felony. Participate in a riot from out of state, enhanced sentence. Uh, any lo- In other words, you come into the state of Florida, enhanced sentence. Any local government that refuses to provide adequate protection, like Sacramento, for its citizens will forfeit sovereign immunity protection, allowing citizens to sue that local government for compensation. In other words, governments have sovereign immunity most of the time, but he's waiving that if they don't protect the citizens. Thank God. Any municipality that defunds the police will be defunded of future grants or aids or aid. Uh, Chris Ann Hall, who calls Florida her home, uh, wrote, said, when we stand together, we cannot lose. Because we stood, we won. Florida legislation, listen to this. This is amazing. Florida legislation that has been on the books for decades, allowing the state health officers to force vaccinate Floridians in a time of emergency. Now, I didn't know that was even on the books. Can you imagine that they could, in Florida, up until recently, they could come in and they could declare a state of emergency and force vaccinate people? When in the, when in the world have we ever had to do that? And so, but, but the legislature just passed, they repealed that. And she calls that the power of peaceful noncompliance. And uh, she and her husband, J.C., are specialists in the Constitution of Florida and the Constitution of the United States. Now, I want to skip over. We've been talking about COVID all night. One of my friends said, how come you, everything you do is COVID, COVID, COVID? Because that's the name of the totalitarian takeover uh, of the United States of America. It's being done in the name of COVID. I've been watching little bits of the Kyle Rittenhouse. I've been watching that. I've been seeing segments on Facebook. And uh, I get caught up in it, watching it, and then I got, I got, oh, I can't spend another 30 minutes. I got to go, go get something done. So it's so interesting to me that this guy is attacked, right? And he's not allowed to defend himself in modern society, even though the people that attacked him were burning and looting and tearing up Kenosha. And so this this district attorney reminds me of the district attorney Nifong, who was the district attorney that prosecuted the lacrosse uh, team members at the University of Virginia. And remember, they found him guilty in the paper and the the uh, the academic Senate, all the teachers found him guilty. They canceled the lacrosse season. They fired the the uh, athletic administrator, athletic director for the campus. And they thrashed these guys. It was in to- tire fraud. The woman uh, lied 
Uh, in fact, later on, she died. Uh, but but before it all got settled, she lied. They caught her lying. And uh, all the guys were innocent. They sued and won against the campus. And uh, so that's what happened here is a this Kyle Rittenhouse, who when you look at his ba- background, he looks like a choir boy. I mean, he's he had to, he was a like maybe Boy Scouts. He was a he was a cadet for the uh, law enforcement. He he had gun permits. He had he had all kinds of stuff. I mean, he he was a public servant. He painted out graffiti. He was like somebody I'd like to have in my town to work with me. But nobody ever really. And they called him a white supremacist, a terrorist. Uh, they call and they called the guys that he shot heroes. I want to tell you uh, who these guys are. Three men uh, shot by Kyle Rittenhouse. One was a burglar, one was a pedophile, and one was a domestic abuser. Now, none of those things gave Kyle, and he didn't know anything about these guys. He didn't know them personally, but they turned out to be a burglar, pedophile, and domestic abuser. Now, two of them were shot, and they died at the scene, and one was shot, like, in his upper arm and knocked most of the meat off his arm in that area. Uh, That was that fellow named Gage. So, um, anyway... The case has been going on. So let me just tell you about these three fellows. This is the type of people that are trashing our cities. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up. I'm not saying everybody like this. We should just go out and shoot them. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, two of the two of the three guys, like I said, died right at the scene. And uh, everybody outpourings and eulogies of the victims followed in the mainstream media. They were martyrs. They were heroes. Let me tell you who they were. One victim, Anthony Hoover. Uber, Huber, H-U-B-E-R, 24, was shot in the chest at close range, died at the scene. Huber was arrested in 2012 for charges including domestic violence, use of dangerous weapon, strangulation and suffocation, false imprisonment, and battery. He was ultimately convicted of strangling and falsely imprisoning a person. Uber was sentenced to two years in prison, was credited for 352 days, served during his case. He was released from probation for his conviction in May of 2020. Then, in 2018, after Huber was released from prison, uh, but still on probation for his 2012 conviction, he was arrested for domestic abuse, disorderly contact and conduct and battery. He was ultimately convicted and sentenced to probation. Huber was also caught in possession of drug paraphernalia, which is not a criminal offense in the state of Wisconsin in 2015. The second fatality was a 36-year-old Joseph or Jojo Rosenbaum, father of a two-year-old girl. You feeling like sympathy for him right now? He was he was seen taunting Rittenhouse by saying, shoot me, nigger, just before he was shot in the head. Uh, he was uh, Rosenbaum was sentenced to 12 and a half years for two counts of sexual conduct with a minor. He served his sentence in Arizona State Prison Complex where he racked up. Now, this is amazing. While in prison, he got 42 disciplinary infractions behind bars during his uh, sentence following his stint at Arizona state prison complex. He was convicted of a parole violation where he was accused of tampering with a monitoring device. So he had a, like an ankle monitor, right? The final victim who lied on the stand, you remember gauge gross Kreutz or gross Kreutz, gross K R E U T Z 
He's 26. Uh, he's the one whose arm was damaged with a gunshot. Uh, he's in, from West Alice. He suffered uh, what I just mentioned uh, uh, on his bicep. And so you saw him on the stand. He actually was lying. He lied on the. He's lied to the uh, prosecutor. And then he lied. Uh, he changed his story on the stand under oath. And uh, where he said he was uh, pointing because because the video showed he was pointing a gun at uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. He came at him with a with a gun. So he was arrested and charged prior to this incident with Rittenhouse. Grosskreutz was arrested and charged with fe felony burglary, theft, criminal trespass and disorderly contact. It is unclear whether he was convicted of a felony or not. He was arrested again in 2017, and in 2019, he pleaded, pled no con contest to a non-traffic ordinance violation. Now, on I just saw where he's actually on film being arrested for drunk driving uh, after he was shot. And so that's another deal. I don't know what that's included, meaning 2019. I think this happened in 2020, the shooting. So after he was out... Uh, from that, he actually got arrested and was taken in and booked for uh, driving under the influence. Gross Gage Grosskreutz is a member of the fringe radical movement called the People's Revolution Movement of Milwaukee, which was called a social justice reform group by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The National Guard was deployed to install, bring order in, to Kenosha. That was rocked by nights of civil unrest, burning buildings, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I just think it's interesting to see it, it doesn't make uh, the shooting any more righteous or not. It just means these are the type of people that were out trying to destroy, uh, destroy their community. Uh, okay. Let me see where I want to go here. By the way, it's going to be interesting to see if there's going to be riots and if it's going to be if anything's going to be done about the riots, if Rittenhouse is found not guilty. And uh, already the the jurors have been doxxed. You know what doxxed means? I didn't know what it meant until I kind of checked in on it. They kept saying, oh, somebody, they're doxxing this, they're doxxing that. That means where they find out who you are, where you live, uh, where you work, and uh, and they start blowing up your phone, your emails, your Facebook and threatening you and intimidating you and making your life very, very miserable, right? That's being doxxed. And so already the judge has been threatened and the jury has been threatened, right? And uh, so anyway, it's the America we live in. Like, let's buck up, right? Just face it. Nothing to be afraid of. We just need to get it on. So, uh, all right, I want to mention... Uh, couple things here before we get back into the action i want to mention the plumbing doctor and those guys have been working for me recently and um, they have a number of vans in the yuba sutter county's area and they do all kinds of plumbing uh, they probably do similar things that thrifty rooter does except for they they don't have the big truck that thrifty rooter has which I've used a number of times. And Monty Hecker, I was telling him with Elite Universal Security, I was telling him about Thrifty Rooter. He said, oh, yeah, he said, I use them all the time on my rentals out here in the uh, rural area where we have septic systems. So um, 
he he loves working with them. But uh, Plumbing Doctor uh, have a 24-hour service, and uh, they were over here last week. At, and you could reach them 24 hours a day at 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. So anyway, that's the Rittenhouse situation, and I, I uh, wish him well. I have no idea. I know there's been some fundraising for Rittenhouse. There may be a GoFundMe account. He's probably going to need some money. So if you want to look him up, try to kick him 10 or $20. If a bunch of people did it, we'd probably take care of his legal fees. I'm sure they're huge, huge legal fees. But his the system in the United States, the law, the law system in the United States is corrupt. Um, so, uh, in fact, uh, I would just I think I mentioned this last week that Lee Dundas was up here. She's an attorney from Orange, Orange County. And she was meeting with the Union Pacific Railroad people. That's a that's a national railroad. But she was meeting here in Yuba City with a bunch, about 40. And she said that they were going to file a lawsuit against Union Pacific Railway, uh, not in California, where these all these guys and gals were from, but they were going to file in Texas. And she had an attorney that did this um, employment law. And they were going to fly, fly, file in Texas. And her comment about California is they couldn't get a fair trial in California. And so uh, that's that uh, rang true to me because in the Measure K fight over the increased sales tax in Yuba County, where the county uh, wrote a flawed ordinance and uh, called it a general tax, and it really was a special tax, and when they were taken to court over it, Stephen Barrier, a very reputable judge here in Yuba County, a Superior Court judge, ruled uh, for the uh, complainants that it was a special tax the way they described it. And it should have had a two thirds vote and ruled the tax in, uh, invalid or flawed or wrong. And so the the uh, supervisors of Yuba County then appealed the uh the case and it it couldn't get heard all for over a year at the third appellate court in Sacramento because of COVID problems. But the third appellate court now has changed previous rulings in California. And I'm telling you that California judges are corrupt and they have been trying to erode the prop 13 and prop uh, 58 and prop 218 protections of how taxes are produced or or, uh, how taxes are added to our lives in California, whether they're property taxes or sales taxes or whatever. And they've redefined the third appellate court redefined that, that you have to prove that those, that new tax was going to be for a specific project, not for just like public safety, brand new, brand new ruling and corrupt ruling. And uh, so uh, so what I'm saying to you is that judges in the United States of America, as we've seen even with Trump, where Obama, an Obama school chum that's a judge in Hawaii would be used to stop some uh, presidential right or edict that he had to stop people coming into this country where he can just make make the call on it. Right. And uh, but the judge stopped it and they'd have to go to court to overrule that judge. 
So uh, we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to have one more 20-minute segment and call it a day. Okay, be right back. My name is Chad, and I work for Netflix. And yes, I did take part in the walkout to protest the transphobic, homophobic, xenophobic Dave Chappelle. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I work at Netflix in the city. I walked out of the office, and I just kept on walking because I take my walkouts seriously. Do you? I walked 4,200 miles. How far did you walk? And oh, I'm going to keep on walking, baby. I'm going to keep on walking and keep on canceling. The farther I walk, the more people I cancel. Walkie, 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 Seinfeld's canceled. Walkie, 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 Tosh is canceled. Walkie, 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 Louis C.K. is canceled. Again. Walkie, 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 Wanda Sykes is canceled. Wait, she's, she's black, right? Okay, she can stay. She came to the U.S. with only 100 bucks in her pocket and the dream of an education. Now, in a new op-ed, our next guest says, no, I won't go home, in response to critics on the far left, who she says actually reject all immigrants who don't accept their ideology. That legal immigrant, Helen Raleigh, joins us now with more. Helen, thank you so much for being with us. You came, as was mentioned, uh, from China 25 years ago with 100 bucks in your pocket and a dream to be an American. Yet, still today, we're seeing examples of folks on the left saying, no, 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 we just want certain types of immigrants. Explain your op-ed. Thank you for having me, P. Yes, it's so uh, disappointing that uh, the woke left, they profess they love immigrants, but they only want the immigrants who agree with their ideology. For immigrants like me who reject their ideology, they have nothing but disdain. Uh, some of them call us white supremacists, some call us a parasite and tell us to go home because we disagree with them uh, politically, and that's very disappointing. So I have a message for them, which is I'm not going anywhere because the United States is my home. I'm a naturalized citizen. This is my home. Well said. Well, one of those people that you're referring to, her name is Melinda Byerly. She's the CEO of Fiddlehead, a Silicon Valley tech. And here's a couple of tweets that she had saying, Peter Thiel, Vinod Kosla, the like, the list goes on. Just take your money and go. Stop trying to turn America into a caste apartheid system you came from. And another one, my advice to other states and countries is don't let these parasites gain a foothold in your area. Tax the living bleep out of them and see them for what they are, strip miners who will not rest until they ruin everything. She since apologized a few days later, but this mindset is we don't want freedom-seeking people coming to America? Yeah, and it's so disappointing because she actually professed in her profile that she's a diversity champion. She has the, her pronouns listed. She's all about uh, diversity and inclusion. But that's what we expect nowadays from the far left, the woke left, that they say they, say they want diversity and inclusion, but they only want the people think 
like them. And they don't want us to have independent thinking. They don't want us to have the freedom of expression. When we immigrants want to speak up and share a different ideology, you know, profess our political beliefs, and they want to shut us down and tell us to go home. Well, isn't it also that uh, immigrants like yourself have the perspective of where they came from, that first-generation feel, a recognition of what tyranny really looks like? Exactly. You know, the left always talk about, oh, we should do things based on people's living experiences. Guess what? We have first uh, hand of living experiences of living under socialist policies. You know, that's why we want to see lower taxes. We reject uh, expensive welfare state because we lived in those uh, socialist policies before. We see how those policies ruined the people's life and lower people's living standards. Yep, and then you vote that way, and that's the problem the left has. Even to this day, as we talked about earlier, with immigrants coming from Cuba or Venezuela, fleeing socialism uh, for freedom. Helen Raleigh, thank you so much uh, for writing the piece and for coming on this morning. We appreciate it. He's as blind as he can be, just sees what he wants to see. All right, here we go. This is number six segment, and um, I'm going to introduce. There's a guy named. Uh, well, let me just start it this way. Uh, so you've heard of the the COVID test, right? And uh, the COVID test shoved a stick up your nose, and then they claimed in most every cases when they tested that test, when they took it to the lab, that it tested positive. And uh, that test was created. Uh, let me just get down here to, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. And I need to just, so the PCR test was created by a guy named Kerry Mullis, K-A-R-Y Mullis, M-U-L-L-I-S. Kerry Mullis received the uh, Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1993. That's an international prize for the polymerase chain reaction, uh, the invention of it. And he invented a way to replicate DNA quickly. And uh, I don't know much more about it than that. I've read a little bit about it, but I've I've just been watching Kerry Mullis. He's quite a character. He was anti-establishment. Uh, he uh, was very critical of of the what he considers fraud and how they connected HIV, created this concept of HIV to AIDS, when there was no real research done. But uh, I'll talk about more about that later. But uh, but he came up with this PCR uh, invention and uh, the process that he conceptualized in 1983 is hailed as one of the monumental scientific techniques of the 20th century. That's huge. Concept conceptualized uh, of it in 1983, but he got the award in 1993. He was very against Anthony Fauci. 
And um, so his his argument about PCR, he, he it's interesting that he was very against uh, Anthony Fauci. As he called him corrupt. He wasn't really a scientist. He wasn't really a doctor. He was a liar. He was uh, a manipulator. And uh, and Mullis was a maverick. He was outspoken. He was uh, he was into all kinds of things. He was an astrologist. He one time marketed jewelry. Um, he he got a BS in chemistry from Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta, and then he got a PhD in biochemistry at the University of California, Berkeley. However, he said he learned more on LSD than he ever did at the University of California, Berkeley. Now, before you throw him out with the bathwater, remember they gave him a Nobel Science Prize, one of the greatest discoveries in the 20th century on science. So it's interesting that he died just before the COVID-19, the desktop discussion at Hopkins University, Johns Hopkins University, where Gates organized this, I think it's called the 210 meeting. Right before that meeting, he died. So I'm going to play you a couple clips back to back about Kerry Mullis, and uh, you'll hear about his view of Fauci and about his life. What is it? What What is it about humanity that that that, that wants to go to the, all the details and stuff and listen? You know, these guys like Fauci get up there and start talking. You know, he doesn't know anything really about anything. And I'd say that to his face. Nothing. The man thinks you can take a blood sample and stick it in an electron microscope, and if it's got a virus in there, you'll know it. He doesn't understand electron microscopy, and he doesn't understand medicine, and he, doesn't, he should not be in a position like he's in. Most of those guys up there on the top are just total administrative people, and they don't know anything about what's going on at the bottom. You know, those guys have got an agenda, which is not what we would like them to have, being that we pay for them to take care of our health in some way. They've got a personal kind of agenda. They make up their own rules as they go. They change them when they want to. And they smugly, like Tony Fauci, does not mind going on television in front of the people that pay his salary and lie directly into the camera. You can't expect the sheep to really respect the best and the brightest. They don't know the difference, really. I mean, I, I like humans, don't, don't get me wrong, but basically there is a, there is a, there's a vast, the vast majority of them do not possess the, the ability to judge who is and who isn't a really good scientist. I mean, that's a problem, that's a main problem actually with science, I'd say, in this century because science is being judged by people. Funding is being done by people who don't understand it. Okay, who do we trust? Fauci? Fauci doesn't know enough to, you know. If Fauci wants to get on television with somebody who knows a little bit about this stuff and debate him, he could easily do it because he's been asked. I mean, I've had a lot of people, president of the University of South Carolina, ask Fauci if he'd come down there and debate me on the stage in front of the student body because I wanted somebody who was from the other side to come down there and balance my, because I felt like, well, these guys can listen to me, but I need to have somebody else down here that's going to tell them the other side. But it was, you didn't want to do it. Dr. Kerry Mullis was awarded the Nobel Prize for his invention of the polymers chain reaction, the PCR. The PCR is a method of analysis and wasn't designed to test for a virus. 
Mullis explains why. And with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. It starts making you believe in the sort of Buddhist notion that everything is contained in everything else, right? I mean, because if you can amplify one single molecule up to, a, to something that you can really measure, which PCR can do, then there's just very few molecules that you don't have at least one single one of them in your body, okay? So that could be thought of as a misuse of it just to, to claim that it's meaningful. The PCR test can potentially find anything you are looking for, depending on how high you turn it up. And this is exactly what has been done. The official protocol given for the PCR testing of COVID-19 created a floodgate of false positives to skew the results. They call it asymptomatic because it's a lie. These people don't have symptoms because they don't have COVID-19. They do it today because they've done it in the past and always gotten away with it. 30 years ago, Anthony Fauci, head of the NIH, made a name for himself by pushing for higher doses of the deadly drug AZT, an old cancer chemotherapy too dangerous for approval, onto AIDS patients. Kerry Mullis was hired to measure HIV in people's blood samples with his PCR. He was working under the premise that HIV was the probable cause of AIDS. But when he went looking for the proof, he found there was none. They just made it up. What is that paper? Who do I go to for that? And I looked around, I asked a couple of virologists at that company, and they said, no, you don't have to reference I said, I have to reference that because I, I don't know where that came from. How do I know that? And it turned out that nobody knew it. And I was getting really freaked about that. That's when I first started saying, they don't know. Nobody really knows. This whole thing is a big sham. Mullis pointed out how the CDC was losing money and how the HIV AIDS connection brought their profits back in the black and how the men at the highest levels were all in on it. Kerry Mullis knew these men were dangerous. They don't want people like me walking up and asking them those kind of questions. And they're willing to like go to great lengths to prevent that. They're out on a limb. I wouldn't want to be there with them. But he was still outspoken. When ABC's Nightline approached him about doing a documentary on his work, Mullis convinced them to cover the HIV debate after nearly a decade of ignoring it. In a 1994 interview with Celia Farber for Spin Magazine, Kerry Mullis expressed how he really wanted to expose Anthony Fauci and Robert Gallo. He said that he'd be willing to chase the little bastard from his car to his office, a Nobel Prize winner trying to ask a simple question from those who spent $22 billion and killed 100,000 people. It has to be on TV. I'm not unwilling to do something like that. Unfortunately, not many people were listening back then. And on August 7th, 2019, just about three months before the first utterance of COVID-19, Kerry Mullis, age 74, a Nobel Prize winner, inventor of the PCR test, a man who was once willing and eager to expose Anthony Fauci, quietly died of pneumonia. The timing of it all is mysterious to many of us. All right, I hope you enjoyed that about Kerry Mullis. Uh, you can see that this entire uh, COVID situation has been fraudulently put upon us by manipulating uh, the PCR test, which he said clearly it should never be used for that. And I think you heard him say that in that uh, audio. 
So I don't want to dwell too much there. I need to move on to something else. Uh, but it has to do with COVID. It has to do with a guy named Jay Bhattacharya. He is a uh, professor, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. He's a professor at the Stanford School of Medicine and a senior scholar at the Brownstone Institute. And uh, he was uh, questioning the the policies and the way that uh, Anthony Fauci was carrying out this COVID situation from the very beginning. And he was uh, saying the same thing, one thing on the West Coast and a, and a guy named Dr. Kulldorff uh, on the East Coast. I think he's at Harvard was saying the same thing. And so um, in an article says public trust in science shattered by official pandemic response, according to Dr. Bhattacharya. So he says trust in science have been severely impacted uh, by the actions taken by senior health officials and scientists in response to COVID public trust has been shattered. The matters be uh, this matters. He said, because science not only relies on public funding, but on public trust and people believing and using the pol- products of science. Listen, we've had 20, 30, 40, maybe 30 at most uh, medical people in our area that says, take the vaccine. Their families are doing it. They're doing it. And it's, it's tested it's effective and it's safe. I will never trust them with medical advice again. It's always, I'm going to always feel like there's something else out there. It's compromised. They're willing to lie. They're willing to be paid off. I will never trust them. So that's what Bhattacharya is saying. Officials across the United States acting on recommendation from some public health experts imposed lockdowns like prison lockdowns in spring of 220. In response to the pandemic, schools were ordered to close. Businesses deemed non-essential were forced to shut down. And tens of millions of Americans spent most of their time inside their homes in a bid to slow the spread of the virus that causes COVID-19. Studies have since indicated that the shutdowns were ineffective and that they led to numerous problems, including delayed medical care, a setback in educational achievement, and a rise in mental health problems. Uh, CDC study in August found that 25% of young American adults considered suicide over the previous month with adults reporting considerably elevated adverse mental health conditions. Many people killed themselves whether they overdosed or intentionally took their own life. Martin Koldorf, the Institute's senior scientific director, recalled getting a list of those who died in Wuhan, China. Now, I want you to listen closely to this. He got a list of of the demographics of those dying in Wuhan, China. You remember those first uh, uh, pictures or videos coming over the internet of people just standing along the street side and just falling over, right? You think, oh, somebody just shot him or something, like somebody shot him. So he said most of the deaths, the lists of deaths, were the same type of deaths that they were hiding in the United States. They wouldn't tell you that the age of the people. They'd just say, oh, this person died of COVID. Oh, that person, that person, this person. Most of the deaths were among the very elderly people. And they had comorbidities, right? But they wouldn't tell you that because they were trying to scare the hell out of people and just think that anybody could die of this. A baby could die. A five-year-old could die. A, a very healthy athlete could die. A school child could die. It just it was all a big fraud. And it was the idea was to instill fear in the population. And what Bobby Kennedy said at a recent talk he gave, it doesn't matter whether it's a communist government, a socialist government, a monarchy, an oligarchy, or a democracy or a republic. People can be controlled through fear. 
And that's exactly what they instilled in people. So, but, uh, Bhattacharya says, since there were so many old people dying and very few young people dying, it was clear that this was a disease that affected the old, but not the young. He said to this conference, he's speaking at this big conference. So my children were safe. And I figured, okay, that they can live a normal life. We have to protect all the people so that they don't get this disease. But kids and young adults can live a normal life. The lockdowns left him stunned. Koldorf and Pettacheria, especially closing schools, existing public health institutions. These Listen, we're talking about one of the top people at Harvard University and one of the top people at Stanford University that were saying this, questioning it all along. Existing institutions like the CDC haven't done a good job during the pandemic and have been a major source of misinformation, the speakers said. They noted Dr. Robert Redfield, the agency's director under the Trump administration, who falsely claimed, who falsely claimed, this is not a newspaper guy writing this, this is a quote of these Martin Koldorf and Bhattacharya who falsely claimed that masks were more effective than vaccines and that, and Dr. The lady, I couldn't remember her name earlier. She's the current head of the agency, uh, the Biden uh, appointee, Dr. Rochelle Walensky. She has the gall to claim that the agent, uh, that, that the, uh, the mask can reduce the COVID infection rate by 80%. That's total nonsense. And these guys are calling her on it. And even their own, do you, I've said this before, if you want to go get a job where there's no mandate, go to the World Health Organization, no mandate to get a vaccine. WHO, no mandate. NIH, no mandate. CDC, no mandate. The White House worked for Biden, no mandate. Why? Why? Don't you, don't you get it? Research published in July found that the trust in science agencies such as the CDC fell sharply. They're liars. Do you know the CDC is not a government, United States government agency? It's funded by the government, and they've been lying all along. These Koldorf says, I think, Martin Koldorf says, I think science has also failed us. Not so much individual scientists, because there are many good scientists at CDC. I know many of them personally, but the scientific leadership, they're talking about Anthony Fauci. They're talking about Blinky Burks. Uh, you remember her? Burks, B-I-R-X. Her daughter works for Bill Gates. Gates is funding pharmacies. He's funding the CDC and pharmaceutical companies. He's got giving millions to these educational institutes. He's controlling the narrative. But the scientific leadership and the structure of science and the structure of public health has to be reformed. We have supervisors here that can't find their way intellectually out of a paper bag in Yuba and Sutter counties. It's the saddest thing. They simply aren't smart people. So Koldorf says, and I think to do that, to reform public health, to reform the CDC, to reform the structure of science, you know what science used to be? They would ask scientists to look into a problem and they would give them money to come up with a solution. Now, government comes to them with the agenda. Pharma, big pharma comes to them with agenda. We want to vaccinate everybody all the time because we make $25 per, 
per jab. Big Pharma is making big bucks off this, and the and lobbyists are making big bucks, and they want to jab everybody, and they just want to continue to jab, and that's going to be the health of the future. He says, I think to do that, to reform our science community, we just can't work within the existing institutions. They're corrupt. The WHO is corrupt. NIH is corrupt. Anthony Fauci needs to go to prison. We'll talk more about him later. I'm telling you, get Bobby Kennedy's book. Or if you ha- if you haven't read Judy Mikovits's book, The Plague of Corruption, get it. You'll read some from Kennedy and her. So we have to build up new institutions, these two guys say, Bataturia and Koldorf. The new organizations and new organizations to do that. That's a lot of work, but it's something that we have to do, and we have to try to do as best we can. There's a role for Brownstone, that's this uh, think tank, to help with that and to be one of those institutions, one of the organizations to start over from. Listen, our entire science community is corrupt. Oh, man, we're out of time. I thought I was just I was going to do another article. Huh. All right. So we're done for today. And so, Lord willing, we'll be back in a week. And um, also, let me give you one more website. If you want to find out information about lots of things going on in our country, whether it's COVID or activism or schools or whatever, go to freedomco.net. It's like Freedom Coalition Network. But the website is freedomco.net. Now, it, it's, it's done out of a Sutter County, Yuba Sutter, but it, it would fit the information on it would fit anywhere except for some of the political information like who, who your uh, councilman is or who your supervisor is. But there's about 10 or 15 counties now that have started these Freedom Coalition groups. And uh, so anyway, no matter what state you're in, you may see some videos on there that may be helpful to you. Thank you for listening, and uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next week. See you later. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show, and remember people that no matter